we will be taking our lesson from there this morning. Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, we're going to look at verses uh, 10 through 18 this morning. Verses 10 through 18. Brother Uncle Paul decided to, uh, I asked him if he would to uh, lead uh, Soldiers of Christ to Rise. Uh, we're, many are familiar with, with that hymn that we often sing. In the second verse, it talks about the panoply of God. It talks about arming ourselves with the panoply of God. And I want to talk a little bit about, about that this morning in connection with these verses. Um, Ephesians chap, chapter 6 and beginning in verse 10, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He said, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench uh, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation uh, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We think of um, the idea of this idea of the panoply of God. It is in the song, in the second verse, it talks about... um, how that you are to take and to arm you for the fight uh, as Christian soldiers, the panoply of God. Uh, the idea, as Webster's defined it, it is defined as the full suit of armor, uh, complete protection. It comes from a Greek word um, where the Greek hoplite soldier was one which he was to be geared with all of his armor. In fact, he was his responsibility um, to to provide it for himself as he went into battle. Um, but it's a military word, meaning the whole armor. This kind of head-to-heels uh, protection. Uh, it's also in reference to uh, the entirety of the protection, the, the total package, if you will, of, of the armor. So if we leave one piece out, uh, that's not referring to the panoply of God. It's, it's talking about the complete uh, full suit of armor. And we understand when we do leave one piece out or two pieces off or whatever, then we are exposed and we are exposed to Satan's influences and, and, and his temptations and, and his schemes that he has that he is plotting against us. And so it's very, very important for us to, to understand that uh, as, we, as we go on in the discussion this morning. Um, we, we, first thing we need to realize is when we talk about our Christian armor, and he said, as brethren, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind and to put on the whole armor of God, as he says. And notice that it is God's armor that he is providing to us as Christians. We are in a spiritual warfare, as he talked about. He talked about in, in, the, in these verses we just read in verse 12 about this fight that we have going on um, in the heavenly places, among the spiritual host of wickedness, in the heavenly places. There are things beyond our visions, beyond our sight, in a spiritual realm, which we do not see or are exposed to physically with our physical eyes, but God reveals to us is very much going on. 
And we have people that make choices and decisions. And when we, we, all, we often pray for people um, as they live their lives and make their choices in this life. Do we realize that God is, has his forces working behind the scenes to help and to assist in that, as well as Satan is having his forces to also deter us from doing the things that God would want us to do. But it's important for us just to have a, a realization of that, not that we totally maybe understand that totally, but just to realize that it's there. And he says, because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood in this warfare, this Christian warfare that we're talking about, but it is against things that are beyond us some, somewhat. And God says, don't worry about that. I'm going to arm you with what you need. I'm going to give you a full suit of armor that you'll be able to withstand Satan and his forces and the evil that is in this world. If you will but listen to what I have to provide and to take it and put it on. So we have to first realize that we get it from God. We must put it on. It doesn't do us any good not to put it on and not to adorn it uh, because we are not going to be prepared if we don't do that. Uh, there are habitudes and dispositions that we need to realize that only come from God. We have to have a spiritual mind. This is a spiritual warfare that he's talking about here. And it is not a physical fight, but it is a spiritual one. And so he says there are certain pieces of armor that we're going to talk about are, are spiritual things like righteousness and um, you know, the, the sword of the spirit being the word of God. Um, these are spiritual things, spiritual concepts, salvation, the helmet of salvation, and so on. Um, but these are habitudes and dispositions that come from God. When we have a spiritual mind, when we are put on Christ in baptism, we have decided to have certain habits that we are claiming to um, our allegiance to Christ and to have certain virtues and things that accompany us in our characteristics of our life that are different than everybody else in the world. We are more spiritually minded, hopefully now, because we look into God's word and we try to understand what he would want us to do and, and try to adorn that kind of character. It has been said in the Middle Ages that knights used to keep vigil in the chapel of the castle prior to going out into battle. And the idea was that they were to separate themselves for a period of time to prepare their minds to be able to go fight in the war the next day, in the battle the next day. And in silence, we need to learn to draw near to God also. That he teaches us how to fight our enemies. And we need to sometimes make silent time for ourselves. Where we separate ourselves just so we can withstand the evil one uh, when he comes our way. There's times we need to do that. That's why times like this to get together help strengthen us. And when we read our Bibles each and every day, meditate upon it, it's all good time that we spent feeding upon the word of God and arming ourselves properly. And often we put on the armor with the help of another. You know, in the Old Testament, we had kings that had armor bearers, right? And their job was to help them put it on and help them take it off because, you know, that armor was very sometimes heavy. Uh, and so they, they, they would put on. Remember David, when he went into battle, he had Saul's armor, and he, it was, Saul was a big man, and David was not a big man. He was a shorter man. And so he says, no, I can't do this. I'm not going into battle with that. It's not tested. I, I can't, it don't even fit right. So we understand what he was talking about there. 
But uh, when we think about putting on our armor, the Spirit of God um, clothes us with each piece. God has given us his word. He has given us his counsel that we can understand what it is uh, to put it on. And so we need God's help. We need, his, we need his dependence upon him to realize we are dependent upon God uh, for this and that we are also receptive to God. That we have to understand that we need to be humble. As a Christian soldier, that we are, uh, have a habitual practice of doing certain things, living a certain way, developing certain Christian virtues, if you will. It's like Peter talked about, about adding to our faith certain things in his epistle. Uh, the idea was, you know, to add to your faith certain things, self-control, temperance, um, you know, all of those things that he talks about are Christian virtues that, were, that, that were, are to be a part of who we are. So we can't just go out into battle and in a struggle thinking that we can just do it on our own because that's totally against what God says, is saying here. And we're going to find out that we're going to be quick in defeat if we don't realize that um, our fighting is not in our own strength and what we can provide or bring to the table. But rather it is from God that we have protection. It is from God that we have our offensive weapon. Uh, it is from God that we have everything that we need for the fight. And we also need to learn to, uh, that anything that is unused, anything we fail to put on um, in preparing ourselves for battle is going to be leave, us, leave us exposed to the enemy. And Satan is going to have his way with us. And so we need to be careful about that. But he said, but take two army for the fight, the whole, the panoply of God. And so we must be ready to fight in times of special assaults from evil. We think about the Christian life as a warfare. The Apostle Paul mentioned it in several places in the New Testament. And he talks about seasons of special danger. And do we realize that sometimes people don't take Satan sometimes for granted? They don't think he's really a formidable enemy. You know, sometimes people have painted a picture of him as a little, little devil or whatever, and they think he's, you know, no, no real adversary. But the Bible doesn't speak of him that way. He says we're to be sober, to be vigilant, because our adversary, the devil, is always about, lurking, seeking whom he may devour. He is like a lion that is on the prowl, that is just waiting for the right opportunity. And we need to understand that uh, as Christians. And when he talks about fighting and being prepared and standing, several times throughout here he says, be able to stand against the schemes of the devil or the wiles of the devil. Um, Satan is scheming against us. He, is, he has an agenda that we must realize. And he says we are to stand against that. He says stand therefore several times throughout this section. Do you remember as we were reading? Um, and the idea is not to fall down upon that, but to stand up for what is right, to defend God's, God's will. And he says God will help us with that. And he said when the evil day comes, that is the day of adversity, a day of trial, a day of testing. He said it will threaten our moral and spiritual character. It could be in the sunshine of prosperity when we least expect it because everything is going just great or it can be sometimes in the winters of adversity when things, when things come our way and, and take a turn for the worst. Satan is there to tempt us all the time. 
That's the idea. We need to be ready for it no matter when. Sometimes, you know, we can read in the Old Testament, the children of God was in times of prosperity. They let their guard down, and yet they were succumbed to things that they shouldn't have, shouldn't have done because they were counting too much in their prosperity and what they have done and not that they were really realizing their dependence that was from God. So temptations can come with more than ordinary force and can be directed at pinpoint accuracy to find out where our leakiest link is or where we have not adorned the armor properly like we should have. And Satan will get his fiery dart right in there, if you will. In the song, Soldiers of Christ Arise, he says, we are to leave no unguarded place, no weakness of the soul. When we think about, sometimes we think about our soul as that part of us that is within us which we can't see and we don't realize that yes it, be, it can become weak it can become weak he says leave no unguarded place we need to strengthen it we need to strengthen our spiritual being to realize that we can become weak and that we need God and God says he's given us all the protection that we need to face our adversary and he said to take every virtue, every grace in the song, he goes on, and to fortify the whole. There isn't a part of God's word. There isn't a part of one of those Christian virtues or Christian graces that we have that we talk about that we can do without. <laughs> it's like when we start leaving one without, then we have a weak spot. We have a weak place. And we are probably going to sin somewhere. He says we need all of that to fortify the whole to have the entire arsenal at our, uh, of protection, the whole panoply of God. And he said, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, as he talks about the, here. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know, if you, anybody's ever went to a fight or to a battle, they want to be prepared. <laughs> they want to be fully protected, right? I remember when I was in school, they, I was having problems with some bullies, and they were told me that when we went to the locker room after PE class one day, they were going to beat me up. And one of the older guys, classmen, he says, no, we're not going to allow that to happen. I've got, we got, I got your back. So he protected me from being harmed because they were really going to beat me up <laughs> because I, had, I was young and I was short and fast and I'd, we were playing flag football and I was, took all their flags and made the blues and they were very, very mad at me. <laughs> So anyway, but, but, I, but I was a weakling as far as that goes. So. But I was glad they had my back. And the idea is that spiritually, God says he is strong. We need to be strong in the Lord, he said, and in the power of his might. He is able to provide everything that we need. And that's where we need to focus our, our might and our allegiance with. He, if he is on our side, there is nothing that we cannot do. There's nothing that we can't accomplish. We need to understand that. We think about to withstand all these things that Satan brings before us. He says, look at all these pieces that we have. If you will, back in the, back in the reading that we began reading, let's, let's do it and we'll do it in the order. The way I have it listed here is 
um, not exactly in the order of the text, but let's, 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 take, let's take the order that it has in the text. When it talks about, he says, stand therefore in verse 14, having girded your waist with truth. The idea is truth is that which cinches us all, it all together, right? It's like a belt. It's like a girding that is around us. And when we think of girding your waist, he says, with truth. He says, truth is that thing which binds it all together. And it's truth is just so very important. He said, Solomon says, we're to buy the truth and sell it not. Why did he say that? It is because that it is so valuable. It is so important. That to the Christian in our spiritual warfare, truth is everything. We have to understand what is right. As God defines it. And not as we define it. He says, you gird your waist with truth. It binds it all together. It puts everything in perspective. And he goes on to say, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, the idea of a breastplate protecting your most vital organs, your most vital parts, your heart, your liver, you know, all those things that are right here behind, behind that. Um, if we don't have that on, we are vulnerable uh, to be killed. Uh, as we're looking at the physical items here. But when we put on the breastplate, he said, of righteousness, it is the idea that if we do not have this put on, if we are not the righteous people of God, then we are laid open and our vital organs are going to be tampered with because we have, we have not put on the valuable piece of righteousness. We think about characters of old and characters in it mentions in Hebrews chapter, um, in the Hebrew chapter 11, where it talks about all those great characters of faith. Um, when we think about all of those, they're all people that have lived righteously before God. Abraham did what he did because he was righteous. Noah preached to a generation of people that did not want to listen, did not heed the warnings. For over a hundred years. But he said he was a preacher of righteousness. When we think of us, God defines what righteousness is. Jesus came and showed us what true righteousness was when he came to this world. And he lived among men and he showed them the perfect example. He was righteous. Personified. He was the word in the flesh. And we are, he says, to put on the breastplate of righteousness. We are to be the righteous people of God. And then he goes on to say, having shod your feet, he says, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I like the ESV version when I was looking at it a little bit too here, where it talks about um, having the shoes on your feet. He talks about with the readiness he said, of the, of the gospel. And in other words, we have to, as we go wherever we go as a Christian soldier, as we go to work, as we go to school, as we go uh, into this world, he says, we need to prepare our hearts and our minds with the gospel. He says, we need to do that. And we need to take it to wherever we go. And as a soldier goes into battle, he takes everything with him that he is armed with. And we need to prepare ourselves with the gospel. 
How can we share the gospel with somebody that if we haven't prepared to be able to share it and to teach it, right? We can't do that. We need to be prepared to do that. Or we need to be in a constant state of readiness to be able to do that. That takes, that takes some study. That takes some resolve uh, for us to do that. It takes a certain commitment of preparation to be able to do that. And he goes, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts, he said, of the wicked one. Our faith is so very vital. When we think about a shield, this big, huge shield that we can manipulate wherever we need it. You know, wherever darts are flying, we can just, you know, we can yield it to wherever it needs to go so that they can bounce right off, right? Our faith is such a shield like that that we, it is a very, very important part. That there are a lot of things that we face in this life that we could not do without our faith. Just recently, someone, you know, had a family member pass away. And they were making the comment, you know, without faith, I don't think I could get through that. There's a lot of truth in that, isn't there? But he says, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Our faith is very vital. And that's why, remember over in Hebrews chapter 11, when he talks about all those people that are their great characters of faith and what they have done, how that they were sawn in two and just terrible, despicable things that they were done, that persecuted with. And you remember what it says there? The world was not worthy of them. Why? Because they had a faith that saw them through no matter what the challenge and adversity was. And the same is true with us. If we have a faith that is that deep, if that is that strong, then whatever Satan sends our way, all the fiery darts can be quenched. And we will have all the protection we need because we've put on the whole armor of God. And he said, and take the helmet of salvation. We place that upon our head. It is the idea that we have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and that we are his and he is mine. What else to protect ourselves and to adorn ourselves with than that? It, puts our, it protects our mind of who we are, what, who we, what our direction is in, the, in this life. And he said, and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Here's the only offensive weapon that we have, the sword of the spirit. He says, it is God's word. And it is powerful, remember, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to discern to the hearts and marrow of people, and intents of people, right? And it is powerful like that. And so we are to use it. We are to wield it properly. And that's why when we teach people, let God's word speak for itself. Let it be, have the sting that it needs to, and don't apologize for it, because it is an offensive weapon. Let people see what God is saying to them and let it affect their hearts. And he, finally, he says, finally, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Finally, as a Christian soldier, we, also, we have to pray always, not just part of the time, but he says, pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Pray like your life depended upon it. That's the idea. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. The idea of supplication is intense desire to 
talk to somebody, to talk to God. I've got a problem that I can't handle, and I've got no one else to turn to. Supplicate that before our God, and he will hear us. There's tremendous comfort in that. And finally, as we, as, as we end and as we talk about all these things that um, we've talked about this morning, turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And in verse 18, he tells, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, this, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy. He said, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage, he says, the good warfare. Like there is fights that are out there, but he says the good warfare is what the child of God is waging. It is a battle worth fighting because Satan is before us and our souls are at stake and eternity is at stake. So wage the good warfare, he tells him. And having faith and a good conscience with some, having rejected, concerning the faith, have suffered shipwrecked. He mentions about Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom are delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to be blasphemed. And what's the idea that he's telling Timothy here is, is that he says, we don't want our faith to be shipwrecked. We don't want to be like these individuals. He said, you fight the good warfare, you keep the faith, so that in the end, you are saved and you can be with God in heaven. Those that are against him are marked as being against him. Those who blaspheme against God's word will be marked as, as such. And we don't want to be in that number of those who are like that. But rather, we want to be the, of those that are saved, that God recognizes. So that's our lesson this morning. I hope it's uh, been encouraging to you um, and that you will take it to heart as we strive to live in this Christian life um, and work together. Uh, thank you for your attention. Appreciate it.